Let us pray together. Lord, we are grateful for this time. Now let us hear from you. It is your word that changes us, that makes us new. We've been singing your word. Now let us preach your word so that we may go live your word. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. There is a, a game that uh, comes in second to tag. I talked about the game of tag a few weeks ago, uh, but this game, uh, it seems pretty simple. It's a game where you take a piece of rope and you put some people on one end of the rope, you put other people on the other end of the rope, and all you do is pull. What's the game, man? It's called tug of war. That's what I'm talking about. And uh, I, I enjoy competition of any kind. Like, I laugh with y'all and we joke a little bit, but if you start a competition, I'm going to try to beat you. I enjoy the fun of competition, but I also enjoy watching competition, and they have a professional tug of war that takes place on ESPN like once a year. Who knew that there was grown people still doing tug of war? But it, it, it's kind of cool because you see these people and they have some different kind of methods of how they do it. But one of the best things they do is make sure that the biggest person, the anchor, is at the back. That the anchor holds down the entire team so that the whole team won't fall. Today, as we continue in our series of Hebrews, we're going to be seeing how Christ is our anchor and holds down his entire church so that we will not fall. You know, we've been journeying through Hebrews, which allows us to have our focus, our lens, fix our gaze upon Jesus. And our hope has been that each week you get to see a different aspect of who Jesus is. And that one of those aspects will be resonate with you in a way so clear that for the rest of your life, you'll remember at least one chapter of Hebrews that spoke to you. Although I'm praying for more. If you would, with me, turn to chapter 10, the book of Hebrews. It'll be in your pew Bible, and then it also will be up here on the screen. And to uh, Matthew and Tara, forgive me for not sharing your prayer requests that you submitted uh, online. Uh, I definitely will pass those out so that someone can be praying for you this week. Hebrews chapter 10, starting at verse 19. Somebody have that page, let us know what it is. 1194. Verse 19 starts with, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Notice that the Hebrew writer starts off this section of scripture with two terms that are 
connecting with two terms that are like, like familial. He starts off uh, by saying some encouraging words, some empowering words, and he uses the term brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters. It's a, it's a little bit of a game changer just, just to know that he's not talking down to them. He's saying, this is us. We connect. We are family, and as family, let us pursue these things. Sometimes you got to come down to, to, to speak in a way where people kind of get it. This is a little sidebar for parents. I know as parents, you are pursuing holiness. I know as parents, God has loved you and drawn your heart. I know as parents, like you trying to live for Jesus, but as parents, make sure you don't present yourself as perfect. Make sure sometimes you share with your kids, you know what? I, I'm trying to live holy for Jesus, and uh, I'm learning from some of the, the dumb things I did in my past. I might, I might do some dumb stuff in the future. I ain't perfect. But sometimes share with them some of the mistakes you made. Share with them some of the decisions that you wish you could get back so that they can see, wait, 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 mom doesn't only speak down to me. Dad doesn't only speak down to me. Dad kind of understands what I'm going through. It's important as parents to at times be relational. And the Hebrew writer is giving them a book of the Bible to equip them, to encourage them, to empower them, but not to look down on them, to actually say family Sisters and brothers, let's be about this together. Look what he says, what, what they are to be about. He says, since we have, in verse 19, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. We have confidence, confidence. That's simply the, the feeling or belief that you can trust in this thing. You can rely on it. It is sure. It is good. And I did a little, a little bit of uh, Google research, because you know nowadays we listen to Google more than anything else. So I said, how do, how do most people, whether it's in Reddit, I don't know, see, I might have told my age. People don't even use that no more. I don't know. Uh, you do a quick, a quick survey of how do you gain confidence? And most of the different surveys out there said, instead of trying to jump and do something big, Take a couple small steps and get some wins. So if you're scared of speaking, before you speak to 200 people, maybe speak to three people and see how they respond. And then speak to seven and see how they, and you get some wins. And as you gain small steps and wins, you gain big steps and confidence. See, the, the people of Israel have been listening to the steps and the wins that God has provided all along. They've heard him part the seas. They've heard him conquer pharaohs. They have heard of him feed them when there was no food. They've heard of these winds of God, and so they gain confidence because of God's track record. And if he came through then, he's going to come through now. And so if he had washed them in this way, if he had cleansed them in this way, if he had tore the veil in this way, if he had done all these things, they could have faith, they could have peace, they could have assurance and confidence. 
that God had provided a way for them to experience the presence of God in a new way. No longer needing a, a priest to do it for them. Now they could enter the presence of God themselves. And we get to enter the presence of God ourselves. Continue with me in verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. For he who promised is faithful. We get another kind of confidence booster. Okay, he's faithful. How has he come through? How have I experienced? What way have I seen him show up? I was reading through some, through some uh, cool black history articles. And there's a man named Lloyd Lionel Gaines. Lloyd Lionel Gaines applied to the University of Missouri's law school, and he was rejected on account of his race. He filed a suit arguing that his equal protection rights had been violated because he had not been provided with a legal education substantially equivalent to that of white students. Lionel Gaines had a big uphill battle. He was not only fighting a white institution he wanted to get in, he was fighting a white legal system that supported the institution. Lionel Gaines had a big uphill battle. But Lionel Gaines had a lawyer. His lawyer's name was Thurgood Marshall. Thurgood Marshall would go on to become a Supreme Court justice and in fighting the government that was a racist government at that time, Thurgood Marshall won 29 out of 32 cases. That's, that, that's like my kids coming to me like, Daddy, I know you said we can't have you know, ice cream for breakfast, but we're going to change your mind. Okay, try it. That, that, that's exposing the government's ills by using its own system and winning again and again and again. If I was Mr. Gaines, I would have much confidence in Thurgood Marshall because he proved himself to be faithful to the cause of advancing black people. You see here, this, this writer is trying to get them to, to understand these promises that are come and God is faithful based on his track record, which is perfect. He represents all people no matter how broken they are and he is for a system of justice presenting us unto the Father cleansed by his blood. I'm thankful for Images and role models like Thurgood, but, but they only, like David, point us towards the ultimate defender. They only point us towards Jesus Christ. He which desires to represent us before the Father, and all we need to do is believe. Simply believe. Continue with me in verse 24. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Spurring one another on, not giving up meeting. 
it's, 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 a, it's interesting, and, and I've sat where you've sat. I know it's tough, especially on days like today where you have the kids and you only hearing 0.3% of what I'm saying. I know it's tough. I want sometimes I want to do a cartwheel just to make sure y'all with me because I know the kids is doing everything on your lap and getting I know. But but I want you to hear this statement from a man who saw the importance of being present with the people of God. This man's name was Wash Wilson. Wash Wilson was a slave and we've recorded Wash Wilson's testimony. Wash says this, he says, when the black folks go around singing and steal away to Jesus is the song that they're singing, that means that they're going to be a meeting tonight that's taking place. That the masters didn't like religious meetings going on, but naturally we slipped off into the night, down into the bottoms, or somewhere, and sometimes we would sing and pray all night long. This was a quote from a man that was a slave. He experienced forced labor, and all day long he's under extreme situations, extreme pressure, extreme heat, extreme evil, and yet he would say, even though he knows the work that's waiting for him the next morning, he would rather get lashes, get punished, and still take the risk of getting away and joining with other believers to worship. What was so important about the worship meeting that a man was willing to be beaten for it? What was so important about getting together and spending time in prayer and spending time singing songs that a man was willing to be beaten for it. You see, there must have been something beautiful that, that he was able to experience, like community, like, like trusting in the faithful one, like experiencing the presence of God that's different than when you are alone. Alone. How many of y'all have been to a march of two people? Yeah, see, that, that, that ain't no march. That's a lunch date. You've been to a march of 10 people? That, that, that ain't no march. That's basketball game, five on five. You, you, you go to a march, you are expecting hundreds, if not thousands, and you don't have to speak to people. Just being in the presence of those thousands, you feel the energy. You feel feel the movement, you feel the power because of the presence of the people there. Y'all know I'm, I'm, I've been trying to love on y'all well, so I don't sing the solos that I've been, that the, that, the, that the worship team want me to sing, you know what I'm saying? I don't sing them solos, like, you know, but, but, but ask our worship team. Ask our worship team what it feels like to begin to sing a song and three people are here. And what it feels like to sing a song when the church is full. Family, this God-centered moment where we get to be present and, and I'm taking nothing away from our beautiful people that are, that are online at home. 
But what I am trying to say is there's something that God does when the people of God get together and he's saying, fight for that. Why? Because you got to spur each other on. You got to encourage each other. You've got to empower each other. Yeah, pastor going to preach, but pastor ain't it. Pastor is not the be all end all. We are the body of God and he does something in us when we get a chance to, to challenge each other, to walk with each other to encourage each other, and that is worth it. It's worth us getting out of bed. It's worth us not being able to sleep a little more. It's worth us starting the meal later instead of earlier. It's worth us worshiping God together. I, uh, I didn't know my, my homie was going to be here, but, but um, I, I, did, I, I had a chance to kick it with Barry a little bit. He had went to the FCA camp, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and he, uh, he, he was doing the, the hoop joint, and we needed some, uh, some help with our house. We were in the process of moving, and uh, Barry's strong, so I called Barry up. Barry said, bet, he willing to help me. I said, Barry, like, like, like cool, man. It's like, all right, so you did FCA camp. Have you been doing some of your drills? He's like, nah. If you know Barry, that's, that, 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 that's about what you're going to get. <laughs> like, nah. But, but, but some of us need someone to ask us, have we been doing our drills? There was some time where someone invested in us, gave us a tool, got us equipped, and now have we been doing our drills? Have we been doing our drills of, of loving our spouse well? Have we been doing our drills of reading our Bible? Have we been doing our drills of making space to hear the Lord and rest? Have we been doing our drills of not being so mad at our kids all the time that we speak down upon them more than we lift them up? How many drills? What's, what's your drill? And see, what church is, is we make space to be able to ask one another the question, not to come down on each other, because Lord knows I got some drills I'm struggling in. So I'm not coming down on you about your drill, but it says we're going to spur each other on. We're going to encourage each other. We're going to walk together. Yep, that's an issue. Cool. I'm going to check on you about that next week. I'm going to see how you're doing, but check on me on mine. See, God says, I, I have made this beautiful bride, set it aside for my own purposes. But some of the healing we get to experience comes from us helping each other heal. And there's some component that you miss as a believer when you're your own accountability. I'm supposed to have been worked out six weeks, y'all. I ain't even want to tell nobody because I want to be my own accountability. I set up the clothes. I put the shoes there. I got the socks. Boo, I'm going in the morning. <sighs> Y'all know what it looked like when you hold yourself accountable and nobody else is in that process. You already know what it looked like. So why not open up, be vulnerable, and give opportunity for the Lord to work by allowing us to spur one another on? Why? It's important, it's essential, but it's easy to let fall to the wayside. Pastor, you only want me here for tithe. 
I want you here so you can grow. I want you here so you can be blessed. But guess what? I want you to be blessed, but you are a tool that helps others get blessed. So somebody else is waiting on you to ask them about their drill. That's why we need you. To make this church a healthier, more beautiful place. Continue with me. In verse 26. Because he starts to shift. Here, here's the ways that we are going to struggle as a church. Verse 26, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we've received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think Someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them and who has insulted the spirit of grace. For we know him who said it. It is it is mine to avenge. I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. You got you got you got the people of God now having an option. You have an option. You've been presented with the beautiful truth of what Jesus has done to remove this veil so that you could experience worship and experience God's presence. And the Hebrew writer is saying, and if you ignore it, there's a consequence. If you reject it and say, yeah, I know God's blood spilled, but so what? I want to do what I want to do. There's a consequence. That there is a result of rejecting a holy God who loves you and who died for you. And that consequence is painful. That consequence is judgment. Can I say when that judgment will happen? No. But the Bible seems to say, don't think you got a long time. Don't think you have forever to delight in sin. If you reject Jesus, I pray you repent soon, but just don't reject him. Don't choose to say no. Choose to say yes because he loves you and he wants to see you flourish. Rejection is a painful thing. I've thought about some of the names we've never been able to hear. Some of the names we've never been able to really find out. There is a, uh, uh, a, a new term that, see, you know you're getting old when, like, the way you use slang, you got to define it before you use it because you still might use it wrong even though you understand the definition, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but there's a, there's a new term now called ops. It's like, like this person is a, help me out, help me out, Gary. Come on now. Gary's still young enough and cool enough. I can't. You know, but there's a new term called ops that's basically like when a person is a, a, an opposition to you or opposes you or like, like they're the snitch on what you're doing. And we had, we unfortunately had some interesting ops as it related to key figures within our history. For instance, uh, our government 
lost a lawsuit from Dr. King's family because they created an entire system uh, to invade his privacy as well as, like, try to destroy his life. Uh, the government surveillance program, this is taken from uh, an online article, government surveillance programs, most infamously the FBI's COINTELPRO, targeted black Americans fighting against segregation and structural racism in the 1950s and 60s. COINTELPRO, short for counterintelligence program, was started in 1956 by the FBI and continued until 1971. The program was a systematic attempt to infiltrate, spy on, and disrupt activists in the name of national security. While it initially focused on the Communist Party, in the 1960s, its focus expanded to include a swath of activists with a strong focus on the Black Panther Party and civil rights leaders such as Dr. Martin Luther King. Why do I say that? I say that because imagine if your father was the black man that told every detail of Dr. King's life to the white government system. Um, imagine if your mother and aunts and family members was the ones who said, yeah, Dr. King is going to be in this hotel, and he's probably going to take a cigarette break at 6.02. And then, pow. Like, 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 can you imagine the weight of being the person that, that set up such a key figure that was so influential to all of what society would bring? Can you imagine the guilt associated with that? Can you imagine if you rejected somebody that was so for you only to see them die? See, that's what this Hebrew writer's trying to say. He's trying to say, hold on. This Jesus has done everything he can to establish a new world for you. He has allowed your mind and heart to be cleansed. And you just want to turn your back on him? You want to reject him? There is judgment for that. There is judgment for that. And so our prayer is that we would be a people who see the beauty of what he offers and not because of fear choose God, but because of love choose God who's torn the veil, giving us access into his presence into a new way where we get to worship as a body and we are willing to fight to be present even when it hurts. Look with me in these last verses. Verse 32. Remember those days earlier after you had received the light, when you sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were treated so. You suffered along with those in prison, joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. And verse 36, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. How can he say you lost your home? You walked with people in prison. You experienced all types of, of horrible situations, 
but yet you persevere to the end. See, this is one of those courage challenges. This is one of those uh, uh, empowering moments. This is one of those, I know you're about to go through it. I know they're about to bring it, but it's okay. You will get through this moment. Persevere. Why? Because the faithful one who's shown himself faithful, faithful, faithful will come through on his promises. It will look like they will win. It will look like you will not be able to have your footing. Watching those ESPN dudes do the, the tug of war back and forth, I realized that one of, the, one of the methods that they use is not necessarily pulling, but it's staying put and not being pulled. So if they stay put and hold on tight to the person that's their anchor, the other team is doing all this, doing all this, but they're wearing themselves out. They're getting tired. They're trying to, trying to use all this energy, and this team just stays still, stays low, and holds on to the anchor. And at the appointed time, when they are exhausted, it's poop. You pull them on over. Family, I want that imagery to be what Christ gives you of just hold on to me. Just stay with me. Just stay low and grounded to who I am. Stay focused on my goal of, of, of walking out the areas of life that I want you to flourish in. Stay tight, clinging to me. And at the appointed time, don't worry, we're going to win over them. It may hurt. It may burn. It may sting. You may cry. You may go through some stuff, but stay holding on to me and I will lead you to victory. It's, it's easy sometimes to be on this side of a hope, of a victorious hope. It's tough when you down in them trenches and it's burning and you feel it and you feel alone. Lord, I'm trying to not fall back, but I don't feel you pulling me. I don't want to go back to that. But Lord, I need to feel you. Family, I pray, I pray that we would spend time seeking God's presence, that we would feel him. I'm not uh, a, a type of pastor that's like, let's conjure up something so you would experience the presence of God. But I also know God is way more than just a mindful experience. He's made more than just what I read. He also allows me to feel his presence, and some of us need to feel his presence. My prayer is that you will pursue God. I don't care where it is. You might have to pull over and, Lord, this is my moment. My song is on. I just need to feel you right now. I need to shout out to you. I need to sing out to you. That was some of the, 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 the beautiful aspects of the civil rights movement. The presence of God started in the church, but it continued out into the community. Family, let, let us learn from some of these beautiful role models we have, but primarily let us learn from, from the words of this Hebrew writer that we would persevere unto the end and that we would receive what God has promised. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We pray, Lord, that we would not be offended if somebody asked us what drills we need to, to grow in, we need to work out. Let us be real with one another. 
But also, Lord, let us cling tightly to you. Let us hold to you, Father, even in the midst of pain. What these Hebrew believers went through was humiliation, torture, economic demise. But they considered it all gain for you. Let us have the same perspective. Let us fight to be present. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to have the worship team sing a song for us.